broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Sparta! All your base are belong to us. The balls are inert. And now it begins. Okay, everybody, listen to Nerd to Know Basis on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Uh, Saturday. Was it Saturday the 24th? Uh, thank you very much for listening in. We sound a bit different this week because I'm in a recording studio, so apologies. But my name is Ira Connor, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts. Introduce yourself, Bryn. Hey, yo. And also, Keen. Keen, how's it going, man? Very well, thanks. Excited to be back. Yeah, it's cool. Um, you know, it, last time we did this was the, the before Comic-Con, and it seems like that was ages ago now, and since then... Oh, sure. We've done so much, and we've done the panel and all that kind of stuff as well. So, how do you guys think Comic Con in general went, and the panel? Uh, well, I think gen- in general, the the con. I think, I think um, from what we saw from last year, it seemed like they had they were uh, they were opening up more slots for um, for uh, shows like ours and for other kind of like smaller scale panels, which is great. Um, and I, like I, to be honest, I really enjoyed myself the on the, the Sunday when I went. It was a bit more sparse in terms of people, but it was still really, 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 really fun. Mm. What did you think, Ken? Oh, I loved it. This is my uh, fourth Comic Con, I think. Did loads of the events. Uh, went to see uh, a lot of the talks. Uh, Palm and Clemente for Charisma Carpenter, Holly Marie Combs, like. Uh, we got some commissioned artwork of our family, like bought loads and loads of uh, cool, hard to find merchandise and badges. Like, yeah, there was a lot of fun stuff on this time. It was a lot more crowded on the Saturday. There were a lot more families uh, than I noticed in previous ones. So it seems to be drawing in a different audience than it used to. Yeah, it's like that's what I noticed too. There was way more families and kids than than there used to be. And on Saturday in particular, it was just an absolutely crazy day. But you know, super fun to see it being so big. I heard there was just like twenty thousand people or twenty two thousand people that was at Comic Con this year. It wouldn't shock me. Like that's what I heard from people who were working there. Twenty two thousand. That's insane. So yeah, it really is something else. But like, no, the poor. The, sorry, sorry to cut across you, Bryn, but the poor staff. Like they did such a good job. Like because I think they hit maximum capacity by like noon on the first day so and they've just had to make do with it but like it it ran really smoothly and i i personally had a great time both being a guest like with you guys on it and both as sort of an audience participant i thought the costumes were great the costume contest was great i had a lovely time me too and it's like for anyone who hasn't gone i'd say you know do it's definitely worth worth your worth your chance to go and every year it's getting better and better it's cool that they're it's like twice a year now so that's even better again but you know it's it, most people are saying there are there too many cons or something like that 
I don't think so because for a while we didn't have many of them, you know. Mm. And there are smaller ones. Like I think around, it's great to see them around the country. Like there's loads of different ones. There's one in Waterford, Surcon, uh, QCon is in Belfast. That's like next week, I think. And then there's a new one which I found out about today, uh, Kingdom Comic Fest. We're gonna have uh, the organisers of that on the show as well, which is cool. And they're out on Trilly, so like that's amazing that comics and stuff like that and geek culture are starting to have that reach around the country. But even in Dublin, like. Every single convention is for something different. But for me, I think like the Dublin City or sorry, Dublin Comic Con is like the one to go to, um, in my opinion, in Dublin, if you get the opportunity. So if anyone was on the fence, you know, have a look at the website, have a look at our panel and you kind of get a feel of what the weekend was like, but definitely go there next year. Yeah, it's funny. I was kind of I was watching a Frasier where they had kind of had the characters being freaked out at a convention with Star Trek things and people sitting <laughs> at Klingons and stuff. It's uh, the Dublin Comic Con really isn't that. It's it's I'd equate it more to like a sort of Disneyland experience where you go and you see all the characters and you can buy nice things and there's events if you fancy it. It's 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 not an intimidating thing at all. It's a fantastic weekend, like and you can really do with it whatever you want. Mm, exactly like you're not kind of uh, there are elements there for more kind of hardcore elements as well if you want to play you know D&D or if you want to do magic or if you want to um, to look at comics but it's mainly just you know a way to kind of assess media that you're not aware of before you know the trade hall is always fun and even like the panel kind of stuff not just ours but like just sitting in on other people talking about things that are passionate about was amazing and then the guests as well if that's what you're into i feel like as it's progressing there's just more and more for more stuff to do for everybody you know and then you know it's, it's way more kid friendly as now which is great because at the end of the day that's what it's all about right so mm. Well, I think it's, it's also just become such like a family orientated thing, which honestly is great because it's, I think, um, like it's one of the things that uh, that you just see so much of now is like opportunities where kid, like where you'll see like uh, photographers uh, taking family photos for, uh, for families who are in uh, cosplay. I would think that's great. You know, I think opportunity, I think seeing opportunities like that is just like, it's just it's just stuff like that that makes you go like, well, you can have really nice memories going to this. Like, and that's one thing, Keen, that I thought was great. Like your whole family were doing the Doctor Who thing. That was amazing. Yeah, uh, myself, Stevie, and uh, my little daughter Primrose. We went as uh, two Doctors and the TARDIS. It was we. Uh, my girlfriend built a TARDIS onto the side of her push chair so she could go and just sleep through the whole convention. Like, and it was amazing that we had no trouble doing that. That is a testament to how the event was run like you know it really did like it really did cater to everything we needed like exactly yeah like it's you know and you weren't the only family with like small children doing that like it just seems that the convention is such a good venue that you're not kind of it's wheelchair accessible it's it's pushchair accessible all that kind of stuff so I've heard some concerns like that in other conventions as well and other things that you've been to like that. It's kind of hard to be able to have that accessibility, but yeah, no problem. So it was great to see that been, you know, been achievable. So fair play to everyone who ran uh, this year. We're looking forward to next year, but well, it was exhausting. I don't know about you guys, but I was exhausted by Monday. Felt like can I didn't we, have can we talk about it, the panel itself? Yeah, of course, go for it. Where do you want to start? <laughs> Well, I know that uh, the the entirety of the panel went up in our last broadcast, didn't it? It did, and it's also on our YouTube channel as well. So anyone who wants to follow us there, you know, you know the drill now. Nerd to know media on YouTube. Yes. So I should clarify, I don't usually look like Jodie Whittaker. That was just for the day. 
Fair, fair. <laughs> that than I did about any of the questionable things myself and Dara had said during the show. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I was really happy with the crowd, uh, especially considering we were like up against the costume competition. We got a good turnout. They were very interactive and respectful. And uh, I apologize to you guys for being as shocked and horror struck as I was at all things exactly wrestling. What we wanted though. Yeah, no, I, I have to say it was great to see that like, we had a really good crowd of wrestling fans and we had like a good crowd of non-wrestling fans. My only regret, my only regret is that I didn't bring prizes. So next time we do something like that, I'm going to bring a bag of prizes. Yeah, mm. 100%. Yeah, because I, I, to be honest with you, and, you know, to break kayfabe here, I didn't think anyone was going to turn up. The fact that we had, the fact I was at some of the other panels that were on earlier that day and I was yeah. like, no one's going to be here when it comes to our show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wrestling does have a big following, you know? And I think with the way the show went, it was, with the way the panel went, um, it was like, it was a nice surprise to see the turnout we had. It was a really nice split between people who knew way too much about wrestling and people who knew nothing. And mm. I think that really, really made it. I kind of, uh, if I had any regrets, it was that uh, we didn't make. Um, uh, we didn't make recommendations for if someone didn't know anything about wrestling, what should they watch? Uh, what should they watch? Should they watch W? Should they watch WWE or should they should they watch any of the other wrestling content that is available, including something like Chikara, where time travel happened once? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I kind of um, I I have my uh, my two picks that I would have, and I'm sure Darrow would. Um, would probably disagree with me on on the, these two, but um, I think forgetting the idea of like the level of uh, drama that's involved in wrestling and the a little bit of how the craft works, I think there's two shows I've kind of narrowed down my choices to. Like I, I think you know if you're interested enough in wrestling, you would have watched WWE by now. But let's assume that you're you know of sound mind and body by the time that you're in your adult life and you haven't that uh, you just haven't given it a second look since. Uh, as it, it was uh, interesting to you as a, as a kid, what should you watch now? Um, the first one I'd recommend is not necessarily like the best and most accurate depiction of wrestling out there. It's not even technically a wrestling show, but it gives you a good enough idea of what the backstage stresses can be like. It gives you a good idea of what the craft of wrestling actually commitment, and that is glow on Netflix. Yes, exactly. And it has a lot of wrestlers in it as well. Which yeah, is yeah. It's got, I mean, like if you're a wrestling fan, it has so many wrestling Easter eggs. It's not funny. Um, and then the other one I was going to recommend, and this would be more for sci-fi and fantasy in us, and that would be Lucha Underground. Now, most of you're probably going, what in the name of God is Lucha Underground? <laughs> so, a little bit about the back end of it that's really interesting was take a producer who's worked on reality TV shows like uh, The American Apprentice um, and uh, Survivor and get him to work with Robert Rodriguez to develop a show specifically for uh, the Latino audience in California and have it have the backing of MGM. And what you get is Lucha Underground. It's basically taking uh, Lucha Libre and it brings in a bunch of uh, American, uh, American, Canadian, South African, and Mexican wrestlers into a melting pot where it's got a fully, um, 
it's got a, it's got fully nar- uh, narratively told backstage. Mm-hmm. Not like segments where it's awkward interviews or anything. These are actual scenes where they have to act and <laughs> don't act very well. You wouldn't, you'd think that they're actually capable. Um, and the show, the to go run down the the wonderful cast of characters, you have a guy who survived. You've got a, basically a guy who survived, uh, who survived an earthquake, and now carries around a magical stone that's keeping him alive. You have um, uh, you have a dragon coming to the ring. You also have a spaceman who can travel through time. You have um, a person whose avatar is a puma, and amongst a, a litany of other weird ass uh, uh, characters it is a serious must watch i do believe that that it has been put onto um onto a public streaming service i have to double check the sources on that but um there are four seasons for you to binge through and other and that looks at it being the first season had 40 episodes uh, okay, I'm going to have to stop you there because I've just realized the stunned look on my face isn't audible. Uh, <laughs> dragons? Yes, dragons. Dragons and time travel and and also acting. And yeah. is, is this happening in any level of reality? Um, well, it's all taking place in a very local uh, fight club. Local? Local fight club in oh it's oh it's you know your local time traveling dragon you know everyone knows one yeah absolutely it's happening in downtown LA and um, all these wacky scamps they just come to the same place and it's awesome okay well I suppose it is a Robert Rodriguez joint checks out oh and I mean like the um. It, I mean, like the there's as well as that. Like some of the best, um, one of the really interesting things about the show is that they also have like um, they were pretty they're they're pretty adamant about they were pretty adamant about saying, look, the the women are just as good at fighting as the men are, so they will fight men. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, some of the matches are absolutely awesome, um, but those, like those those two areas would definitely be areas I would recommend people start with wrestling. Um, so yeah, let, let's stress that this is the gateway. This is yeah. the accessible way into if, wrestling. Yeah, I think I, I think if you're into if you're just into like dramatics and acting and stuff like that, Glow is definitely your start. If you're into sci-fi and fantasy, watch Lucha Underground. You won't be impressed for the first episode or two, but trust me, as soon, trust me. Uh, if you make if you make it uh, if you make if you make it through the first few episodes, you'll be in for an absolutely wild ride. It gets so crazy, so and it's it's just great. Lucha Underground it just uh, it, it's a shame because it's completely it's almost completely finished now. Um, it ended on a cliffhanger, but it doesn't look like it's going to get uh, its final season. But oh man. It was so much fun. And uh, Daryl will attest to that because I pestered him about going, have you watched it yet? It's the easiest kind of entry point to watch something because it's short. The matches aren't super complex. Well, some of them are. But it's more just about telling these crazy wild stories than yeah. you know, being what people would assume wrestling is. 
It's, I mean, like, it's also just like an inherently watchable show. You start from the beginning of it and you just watch all the way through. It's just something where you could like, you could easily watch like an episode a day. And by the time that you get, by the time you finish season one, you're like, this is amazing. This is like one of the best shows I've ever seen amazing. <laughs> like, um, it, it, it took a different approach. Um, yeah. it's, it's more just, as you said, like it's more like a sci-fi show than anything else. Yeah. You know, like there's magic and time travel and all this other crazy stuff where you're like, how is this, how is this, you know, wrestling? And you're like, well, anything has, is wrestling. It has that like Latin influence of uh, drama. Mm. Of melodrama, in it. so it's like a, so it's like watching one of those uh, novellas. Yeah, oh, it's like in for a treat. It's so yeah. great. <laughs> but uh, no, definitely like two kind of. If you're on the fence, definitely give Glow a watch anyway, and then progress up. Yeah, that's kind of like that would be our like initial diet for people looking to watch wrestling. Um, and then from there, you know, we could make further recommendations at another point. But anyway. Um, uh, so, Darren, did you have any other kind of like, uh, like, do you, did you have any reflections on uh, what you thought of the panel or anything that you kind of wish you'd talked about? Or, uh, no, I, like, I thought overall the panel was great. Like, it was just one of those things where, you know, it was the first time we've done something like that. So, to actually have it as a success was good. It's more just like, what do we do next? You know, because obviously we can't do it again, but sure. Um, I mean, we might do something like that, similar to that, at some point again. I don't think something like that will. I think that'll be something that, like, we may do again at some point in the future. But I wouldn't say we'll be doing it anytime soon. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's just a case of well, like, what would be the good topic to do? And I think the Harry Potter one is probably probably a fun one to look at. <laughs> well, I mean, if anyone's listening who's organizing events, I'm certainly open to doing more panels and having more guests on because I had a fantastic time working yeah. with uh, DCC on this. Like, and for sure, you know, I I, I would uh, echo that as well. You know, if anyone is running a panel or wants to have an event or wants to book us for panels, we will. <laughs> Sorry, what? We're willing to take bookings. <laughs> We're open for bookings, exactly. And you know, like uh, some 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 cool ideas is like the trial of Harry Potter. Yeah. Um. The everything is Simpsons. Yeah. And a few other things as well. We'll, we'll kind of we'll work on more as as needed. But um, for the time being, you know, email us or tweet us or add us. Yeah. And then yes, you know, because Dara did a great job working on the website this week. Thank you. Thank you. I finally got around to fixing the website because it took me long enough. <laughs> I only realized how long it was when I went back through the messages, Kane, and I'm like, oh my God, this should have been a But uh, it's, up to, it's up there now anyway, so it's, it's nice and optimized anyway. So anyone who's using a mobile device will be able to link into it there as well. And our SoundCloud went, went down for about an hour today, so I fixed that too. So there should be no issues on Spotify now as well. So no excuses. Um, one thing that happened, right? We took a week off yesterday, uh, last week, because of the whole panel stuff, but then the world went mad. So let's start with the biggest news that started. Sony yanking Spider-Man away from Yeah, the before we get into the weeds on that, I'm actually just checking my notes in the past week. We've missed so much. We have. Week we're yeah. Off. Yeah. So like the exactly. Matrix is coming back and Star Trek, the two universes are merged and James Bond is a name now and all this crazy stuff while we're on... It's a, the rule is never take a holiday, I guess. Exactly. It just means we can never we can never take holidays. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, and there's loads of stuff with the Mandalorian, the Star 
Well then, uh, where do you want to start there? I'm guessing Spider-Man is the top of your it's list of priorities based on your Facebook feed. Again, do you want to go, do you want to jump into Spider-Man? Or do you oh, well, it's, it just seems to be like the, the most unexpected, but also not unexpected. Mm. You know, this is something that we really should have seen coming with the Midnight Edge video saying, hey, don't support Venom or else this will happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there was, I, think, I, I think one of the big disappointments of it, uh, at least from the because in deadline initially broke the story and then they broke it with basically just uh they only they broke it with like half the uh the information initially and then mm. added on the the portion from sony's press release as well um as far as i'm concerned it just comes out my opinion is that both sides were greedy and <laughs> and then in the end the fan base suffers because of it well for uh, anyone okay. who may have been under a rock and may have missed this um basically spider-man had a joint sharing deal that he belongs to sony but they were kind of loaning him out to the marvel mm-hmm. cinematic universe or prostituting and, him out as they say uh, him out. yeah <laughs> if you like yes uh, uh but basically that deal has fallen apart and unless they can reconcile it spider-man will no longer be appearing in the marvel cinematic universe anymore and many people are very very upset about this uh what are you guys how is what are your feelings on this uh, you go first Brent. I, I i'm disappointed about it i was really upset when i first heard about it um my main reservation here is that Sony have yet to actually make a good Spider-Man film, in my opinion. Hmm. Um, the and again, I say I say that very carefully because technically they like they did finance the last two Spider-Man films, but they didn't make them. That Marvel made them. Um, granted, they. Um, I, I should say live act. They didn't. They didn't make. They haven't made a good live action. Because when Sony's fitting the bill, but doesn't actually interfere with the development, they turn out okay. That was the case with Spider-Man Two and with Into the Spider-Verse. But when they are, you get Spider-Man Three and Venom and both the Amazing Spider-Man films. Would that analysis be fair? Yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. I, but I, I think that's like kind of par for the course with what happens when. Uh, you interfere with storytellers doing their job, generally. Mm. Um, you know that, and that's like, you know, that goes across like multiple industries. Um, you know, any time that you see like studio, like studio interference, like it's one of the main reasons why Fantastic Four, the mo- the most recent Fantastic Four was so bad for yeah. it was, yeah, because there was so much studio interference on it. I mean, how like. It's really, I mean, like, it's really hard. Anyone who's done any creative work at all knows it's really hard to actually put in a decent, to make it a good creative work if you have people constantly in your ear telling you different things you should be doing. It's hard to be creative in that environment, let alone produce something creatively. Well, see, yeah. that's the thing. Like, the Sony don't seem to really what they've done and they're more emboldened mm. by this. Okay, look, there's two ways to look at it, right? There's what we have now way, which I'll talk about. And then there's the, the probability that this might all be hype. Because Disney D3 is tomorrow and over the weekend. Mm. Posters leaked for it and Spider-Man's on the posters. So, 
you know, obviously it, Disney don't really strike me as a company that do things without some kind of foresight and hindsight. Mm. So this this whole thing could be smoke and mirrors. That, um, that's that's very um, possible and very apropos. Wouldn't be surprised. I would be. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if you know we hear on Friday or Saturday that. Uh, Disney have you know reached a deal and there's a whole thing, but that that could happen. But let's just go what we have now on on the Thursday. Um, that you know Disney wanted a fifty fifty deal with Sony on the profits because mm. they do have the merchandising rights. Yeah. But they wanted the profits from the movies. I see this uh, thing and is, Sony. Are, I know. So yeah, this is the thing I took exception with. Was going, hang on a second. You're going to make no financial investment here and you want 50% of the profits? That doesn't seem like a fair deal. <laughs> well, that's true. But equally, like, um, it was, if you remember where the franchise was in the case of Amazing Spider-Man 2, it was putting Iron Man into the Spider-Man series that gave it the facelift that it needed. So from Disney or Marvel's perspective, they sort of fixed the character and yeah. now that he fixed, they're just taking him back again. Yeah, like, but like the obviously they have Tom, and the important thing is as well they have the director and they have Tim Watts, isn't it? Tim Watts, the director Tim Watts, uh, John Watts, and they have uh, John Watts, sorry, and then have uh, Tom Holland um, locked in for their two movies at least. So you could. It seems I don't know. It seems really silly for a million dollar corporation to do this, but then again. It's clown world, so it's not really that silly. <laughs> they just think that people are going to think that's the same Spider-Man because it's the same actor. Yeah. Even though it's not like they've set up, they set up so so much going forward with Spider-Man in the MCU that to pull him out now, make and pop him into Venom, makes no real sense. Mm. But I don't. I a lot of this is uh, Rotman, the the guy who runs Sony, uh, Tom Rotman and Amy Pascal, like. They don't really know what they're doing either, and they're so desperate to get Venom into the MCU initially, and now they're backtracking by having their own thing. Well, it's worth remembering that Sony is starving for a big franchise, because Men in Black, I'm not sure if it was a flop, but it didn't catch up. No, Ghostbusters was a flop, as far as I know. Certainly, Ghost Corp doesn't seem to exist anymore. Uh, are there other Sony franchises going apart from Spider-Man? Is he their only kind of trump card? But, like, well, yeah. they had they had they had a terrible Slenderman film that nobody saw except for me. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but no, I just look. Sony's best best bet is to ride the MCU coattails, and I don't, mm. I think there's going to be a deal worked out here. But I, if I was Sony, I'd be like, look, left end and be in the MCU, and then work that into the MCU. It's easier to work that in than it is to, you know push Tom Holland who can't relate to any character like all of Tom Holland stuff as Spider-Man is entrenched in the MCU yeah he has yeah. no character at all. it doesn't make any sense everything like he doesn't unless they unless they're going to do a prequel 
where Uncle Ben dies and he doesn't have all his equipment and he just keep basing around there. But then Tom Holland must be like six or something. He already looks quite young. No, but what I mean is they'd have to be like when he got his powers. Oh, I see what you mean. Okay, okay. So like, because the, the, the period that the MCU didn't touch on was how he got his powers, how oh, long he God, was Spider-Man. Another Spider-Man movie where Uncle Ben is to Uncle die. Uncle Ben does. Yeah, and, exactly, exactly. And it's just, it's just like nobody, nobody, nobody wants that. What they could do is Tom Holland, not in real life, but Tom Holland's Peter Parker, <laughs> and then bring in, you know, either do a multiverse movie where they bring in Spider-Gwen, which yeah. I would really be okay with, because uh, I don't like Miles Morales, or else they bring in Miles Morales. Yeah. Um, but they should just be like, hey, look, let's just give people what they want and work out a deal. But I think, again, in hand if I'm pushed at this, I think this is just a market employee. And we'll we'll have our answer when the show goes out on Phoenix FM, um, oh, to what the truth two, of it is. Like in two minutes of the show going out, <laughs> there'll be. <a> room. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So you know, at me if I'm wrong or at me if I'm right. Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully they do figure it out because it's the funny thing is they have Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse with Miles Morales, as you said. They have every like logistical reason to create a parallel Spider-Man if they wanted to. I don't. I don't see the logic from a business standpoint of doing this now. Like, if they wanted, like, it would make more sense to just keep Tom Holland in there, keep making their movies, you know, keep make, keep getting that that cash cow. You know, what yeah. half of a, of a billion is still half a billion dollars, you know, and they haven't done anything. So it just it's silly. What they what they could do is they could just have their own Spider Man series. If yeah, they really want one. And a then Spider Gwen or a Miles Morales or something. Yeah, or if they really want to have you know Venom in, go look, we'll give you Spider Man if you let us put Venom in. Yeah. MCU. And then we'll be like, okay, you know, look, it's just it makes no sense. This whole deal is just crazy. It's just yeah. it, it it's ridiculous. It just seems like they're throwing money away and upsetting everybody and there is a, a Sony boycott and all that kind of stuff. And I did read that press thing they put out when they said that the, they were walking away from a table. Like, you know, the Spider-Man Far From Home was the most successful and now Sony wants to do its own thing. Completely ignoring the fact that the reason it made as much money as it did was it was the first Marvel thing after Endgame. Yep. Like, you can't separate one from the other. The film is designed for you not to. Like, what the again? The only thing that, and even the way they set it up with the James Earl Jameson thing at the end, and there's no, there's literally nowhere that Spider-Man could go now. That would make any sense. Mm. Well, I suppose you could have Venom, like trying to track down Spider-Man because everyone thinks he's a villain or something. You could have that angle. But even still, it, it's still just kind of like, it's very cheap, you know. Mm. It's very. It's very done. You yeah. know, like we've seen this before. Like the best thing to do is if they wanted to have Venom in, yeah, that's easier to do. That's a lot easier to do. And, it, it, you know, they could link up their movies, maybe say, look, any movie we make, we'd like to be a part, or else cut out a deal where they have their own Spider Man. Bring back Andrew Garfield, find another lad to wear the, the, to wear the costume, and then mm. be like, right, we have these movies. Or do what would make what would please everybody. Keep doing those into the Spider Verse movies. Make a sequel to that. We have Miguel O'Hara. It's like, just do that. You oh know? yeah, you could have like five spinoffs from Into the Spider Verse, couldn't you? Yeah, I'm not you, saying they should, but they. But could. you could, yeah. And then you could, you could, you know, like the sky is the limit. 
mm. with what you could do. The answer isn't just, oh, well, we're going to take them and no. Or, you know, so that's why I think everybody calm down. Mm. This <laughs> calm down, I think this seems yeah. to be a marketing. But look, J- J- Jeremy Renner got involved. Uh, Ryan Reynolds got involved. This stinks of a PR move. Yeah, it really does. And if that's the case, great. Everybody was worked. Told you, Kane. Everything. This is a prime wrestling move. It, it's what yeah. we call it. It's what we, it's what we call a swerve. You know. See, I'm just waiting for uh, Batista to come out and just say, "Give me what I want." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right, so you're listening oh to the podcast and you're like, "Hey, I want to get involved, but I'm not in Ireland and I don't have time to listen." And I'm like, well, guys, listen. We've revamped everything. We've made it super easy. Nerd to Know Media, everything. Nerd to Know Media, Gmail. Nerd to Know Media on Twitter. Nerd to Know Media on Twitch. Nerd to Know Media across the wall. Everything that you can do, you are able to find us. Nerd to Know Media. NerdToKnowMedia.com is our website, just in case. You can tune in, be the tune in app, and catch us live if you want to. Type in Nerd Snow Bases on Phoenix 92.5 FM and you're able to find us. The stream to the show as it's happening live is actually on our website, nerdsnowmedia.com. Also, if you haven't got time for that or if you want something a bit more convenient, we're on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, all across the board. And if you do want to catch us live when we record the show, because spoilers, we tape the show, we do it live on Twitch. Nerdux, N-E-D-D-U-X is where you can find my personal Twitch channel and we stream there the show every single Thursday at 9pm so guys no excuse not to listen we're very easy to find nerdtoknowmedia.com for more information broadcasting from the Blanchestan Centre this is Phoenix FM download and do it again We're still a bit in the weeds on the Spider-Man news until probably when this goes out, sadly. Uh, is there any other big news you guys want to touch on? Um, what was the other big news? Oh, yeah, the Matrix is coming back. Matrix 4. That's also something where I'm like, how are you going to do this? Yeah. I thought they said everything you needed. Like, don't get me wrong. The Matrix is one of my favorite movies. I love the Matrix franchise. Mm. But I'm like... You have said everything you needed to say in, in the last movie. Surely making a prequel to it or making a story set in between this would make more sense or just make the second renaissance it's, it's better again. So I haven't read all the news on this. So what's, what do we know about this Matrix 4? Uh, well, the, so far, the main things we've heard is that uh, Keanu and um, Carrie on us are going to be back and uh, Lana Wachowski is going to helm. And, and there's, there's no there's no talk that her sister's going to be in it, uh, Lily. So, yeah. like I know I know Lana was like the main creative force behind the story in that. Um, but it's like, oh, okay, already they're off to a bad start. And you haven't confirmed if more um, 
Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne is going to come back or not. And I'm just like, you can't do it without Morpheus. And if you recast him, that's the worst idea. Yeah. So I'd, say, I'd say he will be back, though. I mean, he came back for the John Wick films. Like, I think I think him and Keanu Reeves seem... Yeah, you know, like, like to, be, to be fair, though, most people in that in that universe, like, they're not... With the exception of Keanu Reeves, it's like, I think they're all pretty cheap. I think you could probably get them. You know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Carrie Ann Moss is, is doing that much. So, um, yeah, I suppose Jessica Jones doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, that was yeah, her big thing. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, they're all probably cheap enough. As I said, I, I'm not against it. I think it's a cool idea. It's definitely, if this is a Kickstarter to more of a franchise where they kind of hand off the reins to someone else, but it's really going to require a skilled writer. And I don't think, like, with all due respect to Lana, I don't think she's that good of a writer to be able to do that because she doesn't have something to steal from now. And I'm like, Ooh, okay, you know, hire Neil Gaiman maybe to write you out of this, and then you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad you said that actually, because Neil Gaiman wrote a really good Matrix story. Yeah, I know, I read it. Like, oh, you read it? Have you? Yeah, yeah that's why I said it. <laughs> oh, I it's thought it like, was a coincidence. No, 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 no. I'm dude, Matrix one of my favorite franchises, but like, you know, Neil, Neil, rule of thumb, like, if you're stuck, hire, hire Neil Gaiman. Yeah, you'll fix it. <laughs> you will fix your story. <laughs> you will fix your story, and then you'll be fine. And I think yeah. you know, doing something like that would be a good idea because this could just flop epically. Because like, the, to be fair, like, well, the Matrix is a cool movie. Like, the first one is a really cool movie. It's a franchise that's already kind of dead because of the ill will against it. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the the sequels did nothing to make me. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do nothing but diminish the love I have for the first film. They have a great soundtrack, though. I will have to say, oh, the Matrix yeah. Two soundtrack is phenomenal. But that's about it. Like, yeah, it's a bad so on, soundtracks. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I'm not. I'm not totally against it because, um, like, I I enjoyed watching Sense Eight. Like the the Wachowskis. Uh, I know that it's only one of the Wachowskis this time, but they're very good at like visuals and weird themes and all that kind of stuff. Um, if uh if they storyboarded the matrix or came up with the premise and then handed it over to a different script writer, I'd say it could work. It just depends how it's going to go in pre-production, I suppose. Well, like Neo's dead. Yeah. Spoiler. Neo's dead. And uh, Trinity's dead. Mm. (laughs) Okay. The only thing I can think about is that they, it is a reboot. As in, like, literally, they reboot the Matrix and Neo comes back as the anomaly because he is the anomaly, right? Mm-hmm. So they could do that, where it's like a new, another iteration of the Matrix. But then that's just stupid. It's like, what's the I, point? I am so sure they're going to make him like the Luke Skywalker character who's like teaching the new Neo. Maybe that's why there's no Morpheus, something like that. Because so, like, I put up an article about this on Geek Ireland. There's so many of those movies where they like get Rocky back to train the new Rocky or any of that kind of stuff. That's the current Hollywood trend, the legacy thing. Well, here's the thing, though. Yeah, the legacy thing makes sense if the war was, was still going, but the end of the Matrix, the war is over. Yeah. yeah. It's like... I, the conflict they, resolved. Yeah, they really kind of closed this up super tight. Like, we talked about this, Kane, actually, at Comic-Con, like, we were upstairs. And, mm. you know, the logical, the logical thing to do would have been make what they said initially where they have the matrix one then they make the prequel which would mm. be the second renaissance and then they make they fuse the last two movies into one movie and that would be a much stronger product yeah what the only thing they could do here like really is to do what they did with the animatrix where they take a story that happened 
between the first and second between because there is that bit of a gap between yeah. the first movie and the second movie where it's been a couple of years you'd have to de-age them a little bit and I don't really know how this would work but I'm just like of all the series to, to bring back this is this is like a massive challenge and I just I don't see, one I don't see it being good mm. two I don't see it being necessary but I will go see it and I am looking forward to it but I'm like well, yeah it's just it's a I, I, I wouldn't like to be writing this because no matter what you do you're going to be up you're going to be upset on someone True, but having said that, Matrix is so... It's got that uh, Ghost in the Shell, Neon Genesis, Evangelion thing where it doesn't feel the need to explain itself. So you could probably plausibly bring back the dead characters and not have to explain it in the narrative. Put it up to some Matrix Force ghost thing and roll with themes of religion and that kind no, of I, stuff. No, and no, it'd probably I, work. No, as I said, if, if you're going to do a, an iteration kind of thing where you're reloading or rebooting, rebooting mm. it, well, then that kind of makes sense. But then it wouldn't really be Neo. It would be Neo in the Matrix. Yeah. Like, you could do that where the, the actual Matrix program themselves, like the NPCs inside the Matrix, and that could do it. But if you're just kind of going, oh, well, he's back to life again. Yay. <laughs> okay. Yay. Oh well, mind you, it's it depends what they do. Um, it's because we are now in a more matrixy technological age, so uh, it'd be great to see maybe not a matrix world, but a matrix world recreating through smartphones or something like that. Some completely new take. I don't think they'll do it because nostalgia is safer than creativity. But there could be a good way to roll with that. But you're probably right. It probably will be an interquel or whatever the term is. Maybe. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. But uh, no, it's a shame. It'd be nice to get The Matrix back as a franchise, though, because it had a lot of potential. Those video games and the Animatrix and all that kind of stuff, they were very good. It'd be nice if they fixed it and got that rolling again, since everything is a cinematic universe nowadays, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just kind of in that Star Wars spot where you're kind of just going, yeah, all the stuff that's like supplementary information is more interesting than what they did in later films. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's the same kind of thing here. I'm like, I hope it's good. I don't think it will be good, but I hope it's good. Um, you know, I but I think um, for at least for me, because I just remember being so excited for those films. And then just coming out of it going, God, I really didn't think I could be more disappointed in a film. <laughs> like, I, I think that will happen again. And it's yeah. it, unlike other, unlike, you know, like, it's like the Men in Black movies. Exactly. Like to, to, to bring them back to what we're talking about there. Mm-hmm. That, was the pro- that was the problem. The new one kind of hit immediately. It's like, why? <laughs> this is yeah. not needed, you know? But the thing about it is like, you, you kind of hit on a cane because it is the matrix you can kind of do a lot more than what we're seeing you know there there is that kind of um macguffin uh, space jargon where they can kind of be like oh it's this but it does require somebody to really write this well and make a really good strong script because think about it is like the last two matrix movies had some really good action set pieces but it had so much junk around it and made no sense Mm. 
Also, um, set pieces went on for so long. Exactly, that yeah. Imploded yeah. around in their own weight. So. Yeah, ex- exactly, and that's that's kind of my fear as well. But like, look at the John Wick movies. The John Wick movies don't really have a great plot, like at all. The first one does, but the rest of them don't, and that doesn't matter. But it still needs to be set up on like strong premises, yeah. and the pr- the strong premise of the Matrix is gone. So they need to kind of rebuild that up. Mm. And once they do that, then they're good. Like, and I think. I think if they do that, then we'll be fine. But look, it surprised me that that happened. So it's just yeah, because there was no like audience hungry. Oh yeah, I know it's the year of Keanu, where yeah. you know every one of his properties is coming back. But is it reasonable to say that there wasn't a huge call out for Matrix Four in the same way there was a big call out for a Star Wars Seven a few years ago? You know? Yeah, well, that was a mistake, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> that was a huge mistake. But um. I would say, you know, let's wait and see. Mm. You know, I, I, they seem like they have a pretty good team. I think if they they do the right things, it will be okay. It's a different world than it was in 2003. Mm. So I think there isn't that kind of massive push where it's like, oh, you have to do this, you have to get it. It's like, well, look, we'll see what happens. Mm. So uh, the thing about Star Wars, though, we're going to get, we would have, well, if this has gone out, we would have gotten a trailer for Mandalorian. So that's pretty sweet. Um, it's supposed to be like Mad Max and Star Wars. So I'm more excited about that than I am uh, the horrible train wreck that's going to come out at the end of the year. Yes. What's the big news on the Mandalorian then? Is there any more casting announcements or anything like that? We will have gotten a trailer by the time the show goes out. So that's the big thing. We're finally going to get a look at it. So um, we'll talk yeah, about yeah, I feel slightly bad for the listeners to this one because they're going to be more clued in than we are when this goes out. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying to you. It's uh, D23 this year. Mm. So I think all the Disney streaming stuff is going to be announced then. So we'll, have, we'll, have, we'll, we'll kind of dig into that more next week. But that's about the only real Star Wars news that I heard a bit of a buzz about. Everybody else just kind of morbidly waiting for uh, for episode nine to come. I can't even believe it's episode. It doesn't feel like Star Wars anymore. It just feels like a dead lumbering mess. By the way, I saw I saw uh, scary stories to tell in the dark the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not bad. It's not it's not good, but it's not bad. And I didn't realize that this is actually based on the book Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. You know, with the weird pictures. Did you guys see that when you were kids? No. I, you probably did, dude. It's like a book of uh, stories, but it has these really weird images on them. And the, the actual drawings are more famous than the book itself. And basically what they did for this movie is instead of, instead of, talk, instead of like making the stories, they just kind of reference the stories, but then use the, the images as like their hooks. So it's basically like Stranger Things. They pretty much just made Stranger Things. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, it's not bad. It has some cool, weird moments in it. It's not really that scary, but um, yeah, a solid watch. There's actually a good, a good few things out in the cinema at the moment, which I want to kind of get a chance to see, but just been too busy. So um, yeah, go see it. There's also the new. Uh, I'm still here. Yeah. yeah still there, yeah. There's also the new, um, uh, the new information we're getting as well about uh, Picard. Yeah, yes, well, okay. I have a lot. To- I have a lot to say about Star Trek. I was waiting for you guys to get all the other news out of the way from being completely so, honest. We have 10 minutes left, Kane. So talk to us about yeah. all, the, all the Star Trek news. What's going on? I'll make this quick. It's, it's a sort of... It's a pretty weird parallel to the Sony Marvel situation. Basically, 
for a long time, CBS and Viacom had different rights aspects of the Star Trek rights. So one company was allowed to make Star Trek movies. Another was allowed to make Star Trek TV shows. But the Netflix ones were owned by the company that made the movies. So basically, the movies weren't allowed to use some of the characters and the TV shows were also allowed to use some of the characters. But now they're both under one roof. So now, if they wanted, they could make Netflix shows and movies and TV shows that all intermingle in that marvelly way. And this is very exciting news because they're making a big push to make a shared universe. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, well, that's the hope. Now, obviously, execution is the main key, but it's good timing for Picard going out because it means that if they wanted to bring back Spock or Data or any of the Voyager characters, they would now have to do it without getting around any loopholes or anything like that. It's basically the equivalent of the X-Men coming home to Marvel. Everyone's under the one roof and they can do whatever they want with all of their characters now. I just well, really... it, it, it seems like the, the deal for that was very messy. I watched a Midnight's Edge video on it as well where he broke it down where like, you know, the reason why they had to like make everything look slightly different was because mm. of licensing rights and yeah, you know, Paramount would get X, Y, and Z when Bad Robot would get this and it's just like, oh, that's so messy, you know. Um, but look, it, that's good news to hear that it's all kind of like in one place. And I think a lot of people are kind of upset that in a lot of ways, like the way I say, oh, Disney owns everything. Well, it's like, yeah, they do, but it makes this a lot easier and a lot more cogent, you know. And mm-hmm. Star Trek, to my knowledge, never went broke, did it? It never went bankrupt. It got cancelled back in the 60s after three seasons. But yeah, since then, it's been pretty consistently going either on TV or in movies. It's always kind of pulled its weight. Uh, The reason why the Marvel stuff is such a mess is because Marvel did go bankrupt in the 90s. mm. And they sold off everything to the highest bidder. Well, that was during the number number one issues boom, wasn't it? Yeah, during the comic crash in in the 90s. The speculator boom. But that's why that's such a mess. It just seems with Star Trek, it was just not a mess from the start, but they never really kind of future-proofed, ironically, future-proofed <laughs> happened. You know, where it's just like, oh, we have these movies, but we want a TV show. Oh, but now we have these new movies and then we have streaming there. It's just like, okay, so it's kind of cool to see that the... Well, I mean, to be fair to to be fair to Star Trek, though, it created, unknowingly created the model that Marvel is using now because in the 80s and 90s, they had three TV shows overlapping with their continuities and movies which linked into that. So, yeah. like, it's fair enough for them to take and, a piece of this cake, and, you know. And to be honest with you, yeah, and I think that makes more sense. Like, the, the Star Trek shared continuity TV slash movie world made a lot more sense than anything else for me. As someone who was, like, a casual Star, uh, Star Trek fan, um, that that would I call the sky the sky one error because that's when they were yeah so I was one of those kids yeah 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 and like you could kind of jump back and forth there um, and that makes way more sense than three different universe interlink it's like just clean it up you know I know mm. it likes to be more realistic than Star Wars. But like, just clean it up. 
just yeah. And now it's good that well, they have done that. So fair play. Well, unlike Star Wars, they're not famous, but like if they want to do a new show set in this place, they can. If they want to do something linked to something else, they can. It's it's an easier clean slate to build on if with whatever they want to do. Now you can kind of build on it. It, it makes way more sense. Just like mm. the opposite. But, and um, Bryn, are you Bryn? Yeah, were you ever so a Star clean. Trek person or like? Um. Star Trek was just one of those things that kind of passed me by. I did make a genuine effort to get to get into it um, a few years ago because I was going like, okay, screw this. I'm going to just like start Star Trek from the very beginning. <laughs> I watched the first 20 episodes mm. of the first season and I was like, yeah, this is good, but it just never left me wanting more, even though I was like still, I, like, I, I enjoyed every episode I watched. Mm. But it just never left me wanting more, so I never... I never really uh, got past the original one. I know, uh, like I, I watched a few episodes here and there of um, the Next Generation. I was aware of uh, of DS Nine and of Voyager, but I never paid attention to them. Um, I've seen more of the films than I have of the of the shows, but it was more of like a passing uh, thing for me. So for me, the only thing that the only major question I have is Kalmini going to come back? Cause I love Roddy Doyle Star Trek. I hope so because they recently released a documentary called what they left behind. And it was basically what they would have done with series eight of D space nine. And they got Kalamini in for it and mm. said, here's what your character would be doing you know, 20 years after the end of it. So now that everyone's under the same roof, you know, mm. that's something they could explore. They, they're bringing back data and, and Picard and Riker. So, yeah, if he's game for it, then there's definitely room for him to come back. The other characters in Deep Space Nine definitely seem interested. And that's good. You know, I think nowadays doing something like that is is the way forward. And picking on a streaming service, it's, I, like you'll get you'll get the, the the old fans coming back on. Oh, I'll watch that, and they will. It's just it, then it's up to the streaming service to kind of make it good. Yeah, you know. So it, Star Trek it has its it's in a very, but the only thing I'd say maybe moving on in the last couple of minutes we have left, um, we will more about the Marvel announcements and the the Disney announcements next week after D twenty three. Sorry to everybody who's listening because we tape a Tuesday. This is a time so, capsule. Yeah, that's reasonable capsule. So guys, there's only one plug before we uh, we wrap up this week. Go with you, Kane. Any one plug? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Emmy Kelleher. She did some wonderful commission art for us uh, at the convention. Uh, we have it framed in a photo on our wall now. In a, so I just wanted to give her a shout out. And also to the USS Kukulun guys, since we were talking about Star Trek, we got some lovely photos on their bridge last weekend. So I just wanted to give them a shout out. And to everyone at DCC, we had a wonderful time. Oh, that's awesome. What about you, Brent? All right. Well, I'm gonna have to uh, also uh, send out a, a massive uh, thank you for accommodating us from uh, to the guys from DCC. Um, always a joy to be with them, and I'm also going to plug, as always, our good friends over at GeeksOfTheIndustry.com. For those of you who are, uh, who haven't heard me plug these guys uh, for a single episode of this show, uh, Geeks have a wide array 
of different uh, podcasts that you may or may not have an interest in. Uh, they've got their, their flagship show, Geeks of the Industry. They have Geeks on Film, um, Creature Features podcast, which is all about horror films. And they also have... Um, uh, they have uh, Mega Paris Radio, which goes out every now and again for wrestling. And I believe I've covered the majority of their shows. I can't recall at this time. But yeah, geeksoftheindustry.com is where you'll find all of their shows. And I would recommend checking them out. Excellent. Uh, and I will plug our website, nerdsnowmedia.com. Uh, Nerdsnow Everything, basically, is where you can find us. Um, brand new website. It's nice and responsive. Um, links to everything, links to the podcast, links to Spotify, links to the live show if you want to catch up with me on Saturdays. And remember, guys, if you want to book us for anything, nerdsnowmedia.com, we are open to do panels or all that kind of stuff as well. So there will be some more shows, uh, well, not some more shows, but some more audio from DCC going up later on this week. So, uh, yeah, until next week. Peace.